This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred, and I'm delighted to be joined by Joe Gallagher once again. Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, like I say, it's the night before the big fight, weigh-ins done, press conferences done, and uh, just come back from having some to eat with Anthony, and he's a good place, and we're looking forward to doing a good performance tomorrow night. This is it now, like, like you've said on numerous occasions to me, your last fight together, Anthony's last fight in completely as he's preparing for retirement from professional boxing. What's it been like just going through the motions of the workout, the press conference and the weigh-in today? Um, yeah, I've managed to hold it together. There's a couple of times, a few interviews, where I've sort of felt the bottom lip go a little bit and you're like, hold it together. Um, because obviously you've got a job to do, so we're still got a job to do to win it's all right everyone's last this and last that but as Anthony knows just now um, this week we've been talking about the fight tonight making sure he's switched on and that we've got to go out there and uh, make sure we get a good performance but yeah me and myself have like I say last presser yesterday weighing on the scales having the, these fans coming out for Anthony and being part of that it's like wow I wonder when will be the, the next time um, this happens in Manchester, um, who will be next from Manchester to carry the baton. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure it'll be emotional tomorrow night. But first and foremost, we've got a job to do and go in there, get the win. And then afterwards, then uh, I'm sure there'll be a, a few tears shed. How have you personally found it trying to prepare Anthony for this final fight, knowing that he's like said, the last time he'll be working together professionally? No, just business as normal, never affected me. No, Anthony's, um, you've been down at the gym, you've seen him training, he's been absolutely on it. His stable mates are saying how good he's looking. Um, don't really like it. People say, oh, I don't know what you're retiring for when you look like that because um, you don't want to think they're retiring too soon. But no, training's gone as normal. And it's like I said the other day, it's not like being Rocket 3 where it's one more and he's there with models and blowing bubbles and all that type of stuff. He's absolutely on it. His determination, his enthusiasm, his dedication uh, has always been the same and he's been a shining example and it's made other people in the gymnasium allow me to say to them, listen, this is his last fight. You've got big fights coming up for you. need to take a, a leave. You can't be relying on him to provide that energy and that motivation in the gymnasium. Look, Take a long look at yourselves and I'm sure one or two of them have looked and thought, wow, he's retiring. Most of looked at themselves and thought, I need to pull my finger out. I saw one clip over social media where you, you said you see Anthony more of like a son rather than a fighter. Is that kind of the relationship you feel you have with him, having worked together for so long? You've known him for so long before he was actually even his trainer. You know, is, that, is that kind of the relationship you guys have? Yeah, I think, well, I've known Anthony now, what's it, 20 years? So um, that's a huge part of anyone's life to know each other and to be working together for 10 years. And, you know, uh, the relationship between a trainer and, and a fighter is very close. Um, we share things together. We help each other through certain situations. And um, no, he's been with me all around the world, in the corners, um, as well as being a fighter. So he's always, like I said, the captain of the gymnasium. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, um, say hard it's been I, th I don't think or whether I'm not admitting to it I don't I'm trying to bat it off but I think it's uh, affecting more though because sometimes I'm having quiet moments and think to myself wow this is the it's way from Anthony because they you come out your your hotel door and you put the mask on like that you're back in your room you have a moment to yourself you think, wow and you see the kind things the words are being said and you just think how quick them 10 years have gone, so quick. Um, I'd love to be able to turn back time and do it all again. 
when tomorrow night's over and done with and you reflect on your time with Anthony what's been your fondest memory inside of a ring with him and then outside of a ring um, inside the ring it, I've been asked the, the, this before and it's very hard to pick one because there's an awful lot of fights where he went into as the underdog not expected to win so for him to beat Andy Morris beat John Watson um, beat John Murray uh, Ricky Burns uh, Barroso Perez where he wasn't the favourite. He had some... Gavin Reese. He's had so many wins where he wasn't supposed to win. So there was too many to isolate. Outside of the ring, there's some training camps in LA. We've had some fantastic fun times. We've had some difficult times when Macklin lost in Germany. And the, the team felt it. But um, nights out in New York. Yeah, we've had... Um, I don't think that there's one, but we've had uh, some fun times and, and some, some uh, bad times together. But through it all we've stuck together and that's the thing I'm proud of more than anything it's when fighters become world champions and all of a sudden people around them think they know best and start whispering in the ear oh, I think you need to leave and we've seen that with Billy Graham Ricky Hatton we've seen it with Naz Brendan Ingle to finish with him together is a huge thing and I know Anthony lost a few fights didn't put good performances and I know and people don't think I know, but I know people close to him, around him, were saying, you have to leave, Joe. You have to leave, Joe. I don't think it's right. But Anthony's like, no, I'm staying with him. And um, we put things right and we came back and we were in it together. I had his back and he had mine. And uh, he's a very loyal kid. And um, I'm very glad that we've come through this together. When you consider you know, how long you've been with Anthony, the Smith brothers, amongst others... Is he kind of almost that you might also be hoping you might set that trend that fighters may stick with their trainers through the, the losses, through the, the bad times? Because as we've seen with that in Anthony's instance in particular, a loss doesn't mean the end of the world as he's gone on to achieve so much in the sport. Yeah, I think as always, promoters, managers, family, people close always say, listen, what about this one, that one? And, the grass isn't always green. And you look at Kel Brook, for example, he's left, gone back. Um, but I understand it's a, a fighter's career. I understand they want to do what's right for them, what they think's right for them. Um, but I did a podcast with Macklin today, and like he said, he'd been to with Buddy McGurr and Billy Graham. But then when he came to me, he found someone that understood him and pressed his buttons and knew that I could get the best out of him. And we had the best times together with Macklin he won the British with me the European with me and he should have been crowned world champion that night against Felix Stern so and then after that then he left and he went with Buddy McGirt in hindsight he'll admit most probably shouldn't have done that but listen it, it, it's a privilege to be able to work with all these fighters and um, it's always the same it's no different and when football managers lose they get the stick it's up to the team to go out there and prove what they're doing wrong. And some players don't do that. They'd rather throw the managers on the bus and some boxers out there would rather throw the coaches on the bus. But I've been very fortunate. I'm working with a great group of fighters that um, I have their back and they have mine. I asked you what your fondest memories inside and outside with Anthony were. If you look back, if there's one thing you could change during your time working with Anthony, one thing that you could maybe wish you did differently, what do you think it would be? I think it was going out for, I forgot what round it was now, in the first fight with Derry Matthews, and I told Crawler to change his feet up close. And by doing that, it allowed Derry land the uppercut. 
and uh, that killed me that. Um, but I vowed that night to come back and put it right and um, we did and uh, I've paid him back and the fact that he came back and won the world title, defended it against Bro. So you learn from them things and as a coach you've got to understand and take responsibility Anthony will turn around no I didn't think it should be stopped tonight but listen what I said in that corner had an, an effect and uh, that's hard to live with sometimes but I feel I've exercised that now with uh, what Anthony's gone on to, to achieve since obviously tomorrow night as we said the last dance Frank Okuiaga it's the only time I'm going to try and pronounce his name, last name in this I'm just going to refer to him as Frank from now on Joe but how important is a win to provide Anthony with that closure from the sport? You know, say if, if things didn't go to plan tomorrow night, is there any concern that Anthony might say, well, like, Joe, I can't go out with that, I can't go out with the loss, I need one more, I need to go out with a win. Is there any concern in your own mind that might happen? No, Anthony's assured me, promised me. That's why he was so vocal in the announcement of this fight, that this was his last one. But that's why he's trained as hard as he has to be able to go out on his last one. A year ago Anthony last fought at the arena and he was in his world title final eliminate against Dow Jordan and I said beforehand this is a hard fight, this will be a points grueling hard fight and it turned out that way. I think tomorrow night the same thing again, I think it's got to be a hard grueling 10 round fight Frank's coming, usually motivated he's challenged for the European title the one time he has stepped up and was unlucky, um, lost by a couple of rounds of scorecards but acquitted himself well in the step up this is a huge chance for him there. Most of watch Lomachenko and um, see Anthony getting knocked out. They see the wear and tear, but they see Anthony's world rankings and think, God, we beat him, we've got a great chance. There's no pressure on him, the pressure's all on Anthony. But when you look at Anthony's career, he's always bounced back. He's had that, not people haven't said it for a, a long time, that bounce back ability about him. And uh, I think that's what we'll see tomorrow night. He's wants to come back. He's certain from the loss from Lomachenko and wants to go in there and put a huge performance in. And uh, he's so driven and single-minded like he was for the Perez rematch for this that uh, I'm looking forward to a, a good fight with him tomorrow night. Has it surprised you at all just how relaxed and calm Anthony's been in the build-up to this, once again, knowing it is his last battle? Has, has he surprised you that he's, when I went in the gym last week, it just looked like he's rolled back for years? Yeah, uh, lads in the gym keep saying he's all about the years and the way that he's performing. Yeah, I, I think so, but I, I also think he's been around the big stage. And the thing with Anthony was, is he was in the corner in Germany with Macklin, he was in the corner with John Murray when he fought Brandon Rios, um, Paul Smith, Andrew. He's been in the big fights all the time, so when it comes to his own big nights now, he doesn't suffer from nerves, he always walks to the ring with a smile. Like Eddie said this week when we were getting ready for Perez, he was thinking, it's too relaxed, this has got to let this opportunity. But that's him, he's been there, he knows how to handle it now. And um, he's done it so many times and uh, yeah, he's, sort of, he's relaxed and he's had a good camp. And uh, you know what, I, I used to years ago get worried about it, go, Anthony, you do know this is a serious fight and all that. And he go, yeah, yeah. And I go, no, Anthony, Anthony. No, no, but listen, he knows, there's no point getting worked up now getting the nerves down anything else. Anthony knows when he's in the change room start putting the gloves on then he'll switch on then and that's the time to switch on then he'll enjoy his ring walk and that's it he's he's well experienced now how to deal with the big times after the national anthems are played or if national anthems are played tomorrow and you the gloves are shake or gloves touch gloves as I should say Anthony walks back towards corner for the last time and sees you there what's your final words going to be to Anthony before him and Frank 
start trading leather? Um, we all usually what we say to a fighter is we have a hug, kiss, and I always say go out and enjoy yourself. That's what I always say, and uh, stay switched on and enjoy yourself. No extra final words for him? No, just always the same, like it's all the fighters, stay switched on and enjoy yourself. So what should we expect from Anthony tomorrow night? Anything special? Do you think he might produce something just extra special because of he knows the occasion? Um, may do, the crowd getting behind him. What I've got to be careful though is that he isn't trying to please the crowd too much and he's straying from the game plan and everything that was set off and that he isn't fighting as he's talked about on emotion and the role of the crowd. And I know certain fighters, the crowd goes quiet. They think, oh, the crowd's getting bored in. I've got to do something and then they do something and then it... They, they, they get caught with a silly shot just trying to please the crowd he's first and foremost got to go out there stick to the game plan get the win and then afterwards celebrate afterwards but um, he's, he can't stray from what we've worked on on trying to do anything silly because Frank's not bad he's got a good right hand counter moves well always on the front foot we'll be putting Anthony under pressure and he's not got to take things lightly or get too complacent in there like I say he's got to stay switched on and treat this as like it's a world title fight if you had the chance to be away from tomorrow, but say if he was crawler in his prime, you look at any of the lightweights out there now, including Lomachenko and Linares. I know Linares has moved up, but anybody who has fought a lightweight during Anthony's career, you look at who's out there now. If you had the chance to fight one of them and Anthony was in his prime, who would it have been? Um, that's a tough one. Because Linares was, was good. Don't go nowhere near Lomachenko. Uh, someone that we haven't fought that was in the prime well do you know I would love to have seen Anthony and Kevin Mitchell fight yeah, that would have been a great fight uh, there was talk of it and you had the North popular kid the South popular kid that would have been a, a good fight I think domestically is for everybody your Gavin Reese's your Ricky Burns John Murray's so the one kid that he didn't fight, and, and that's why I want Anthony to retire, because that era of lightweights, Gavin Reese, Derry Matthews, um, Kevin Mitchell, John Murray, they've all finished now, and um, hopefully Ricky hands it up now. I think Kevin Mitchell was the one that we didn't fight, and I think him and Kevin Mitchell would have been a good domestic, good showdown fight. Um, obviously, us beating Barossa after Barossa beating Kevin um, would have been good. I bought them for an, an international fight uh, in the prime. I most would like to have seen Castidis and Crawler. I think that would have been a barnstormer. Or Brandon Rios was another one as well. Some interesting fights yeah, there, Joe. Definitely, yeah. I think I, I think in particular the Kevin Mitchell fight I would have loved to have seen if if it could have been made. Now, Kevin, but if you're watching this, there's no comeback, <laughs> so calm down. That's it. We we're just saying that, that that's the one fight between amongst all of them because yeah. everyone fought everyone, but them two didn't, and it's just a, a shame. They were so close, but yet so near. I'm trying to think what else to ask Anthony related because I know that it's, it's again it's been such a, a huge part of your career working together what is Anthony going to be like after boxing how do you think he's going to handle knowing he he, he won't be stepping back into the ring I think, I think that won't hit him till February March time next year when he's had his few months off and he's thinking I should be getting in the gym now but I think Anthony will be popping in the gym. He'll still do one or two workouts. He's a, he'll be in the corner with me for Callum Smith's fight in Liverpool. He'll be in the corner when Liam Smith fights with Jose Burton. So he'll be in the corner with me like he always is. He's got his own fighter that he's training now. Um, he'll mostly do pundit work. I think he's a, a fine example uh, for 
the current generation of fighters and the current fans because you've got to remember whether it be Sky or anyone else but this generation of fighters now they don't remember Glenn McCrory they don't remember Johnny Nelson fighting so they want to be listening to people who someone's relevant so yeah like a Tony Bellew like a Matthew McLean and like an Anthony Crawler where Anthony Crawler's had setbacks in his career has fought for world titles has fought for all the marbles so he's been there and done it all and I think fans can relate to what he's saying more as somebody who's been there done it and worn the shirt and uh, he's a good looking kid and I'm sure um, he did a good job with Lemachenko and Campbell I think he'd be an ideal I call him the, the Jamie Redknapp of, of boxing and I think that's what he, he should be doing and that hopefully Adam Smith and them look at him as a uh, somebody for the Puncher team in the new year. I know it isn't something that you're even going to want to consider or even going to want to think about, but let's just say February, March time comes around and he just turns around and says, Joe, I've got to get back in there. I need to have one more fight. Or I just need to give it another go, whatever, just if he was to come to you say, I want to get back in there. Would you be willing to train him? Would you say, listen, I can't physically train you again because of the discussions we've had previously about the health of fighters, etc.? and the fact that this is billed as his last fight now and you want him to go out on a high. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I don't think Anthony come with that. If we did, we'd have to have a serious sit-down. But then again, it'd go against everything that the two of us have promised each other. And when Anthony, he's been and done it all. It's like today now, Boxing News. To get Boxing News there, he's number four in the world. Open up the Ring magazine, he's number eight. He's still relevant. But, like I said to you, there's some hungry wolves now. Your Lopez, your Devin Haney's, Javante Davis, some good Russians coming through. Why entertain these kids that they're only looking at you as scalps? Um, I think the only ever fight, if he was ever to do it again, I've not spoke to him. It most Robert, if Matchroom were doing a show and it was in Italy and it was where his family was from. I think that had been the only ever, ever, ever. So this is his farewell fight, but Crawley must go, yeah, it's my farewell UK fight. I'm doing a world tour. But I think, that, I think, I think obviously, when we're over there with Marcus Morrison and he fought and the settings and all that, because his family from, I think that's the only ever thing that would tempt Anthony back and had allow me to do that. But then again, it's not a hard fight it is, but Anthony's the type of kid that would always go, nah, Joe, I can't, I've got to be involved in a fight, I've got to be involved, I can't cheat people, so, so that's why I don't think he would do, no. But I think that's the only thing that I can think about. Not a huge fight, because when you've fought for all the marbles twice, three times, you've been there, done it, why? Why does, He's doing the right time, he's getting out on his accord, not being further down the rankings. You mentioned earlier in this interview the passing of a baton for Manchester Boxing. Who's next to, you know, we had Ricky Hatton, we've had Crawler, Tyson Fury, you know, but sticking with Crawler, who, who do you kind of think can be the one to keep Manchester Boxing buzzing the way that Anthony Crawler has? See, I think when uh, Ricky um, retired, no one knew at the time, and Anthony all of a sudden crept up, took his opportunities. He was involved in three make-or-break fights very quickly. Michael Broder, Andy Morris and John Watson. And he came through them all. Went up to Scotland and beat Willie Lumen on a shutout, a very underrated win. 
and then all of a sudden he started to get there. Then they had the accident and that made him a crossover, national news and the comeback story. And that was Anthony Dunn then, wasn't it? And his fights and his wins. So it was fantastic. In Manchester now, listen, Manchester's got some great young talent coming through. You look at Jack Massey who's going fighting for the British title. You've got Sam Hyde coming through. You've got Zelfa Barrett, Lyndon Arthur, Marcus Morrison, uh, Mark Jeffers, Kieran Farrell's got some good kids. There's some, Mark Heffron, there's some exceptional talent is any of them big enough you need the right dance partner the right opportunity and the right title and the right breakout fight hopefully it'll come but it's a shame now that people like say for instance I'd love Tyson to come back and defend here a few times um, whether Scott Quick come back here uh, and fought again who's the next one I don't know we'll have to wait and see if Jack Massey goes on and I think like what happened with Crawler and Thingame Matchroom. It was a Crawler and Quig show for a while until the McElf came good enough to stand on their own. Quig went and did it with Frampton and then Crawler went off and did it on his own against the John Murray fight. Um, maybe the promoters, Eddie comes back and does a Magnificent Seven show with them type of kids under it. Frank Warren does a similar kid because it was Zelfa and Lyndon and build it up like that. Um, and then the build from that then and from them five or seven who are on them type of shows, famous family names for seven, one begins to stand out and break away. And that was the same with Ricky. Ricky was on the shows at the time with Michael Gomez, Carl Thompson, Jamie Moore, them type of kids. And he pulled away, to understand him. He became the household and that's what Crawler did. So, yeah, it's very hard. There's Bradley Ray is another Manchester talent that's coming through. So um, Jack Cullen, he's from Bolton, but he's in a big fight at the weekend. And... Uh, the fan-friendly styles, so you, you, you just wait, it's, uh, it won't be long before the next generation come. Who? I don't know, that remains to be seen, but you, I couldn't pin one and go, absolutely, he's the next star, I can't. It's, there's a lot of work to be done for this generation that are just bubbling underneath to make that big step up to try and fill Ricky and Anthony's shoes. And for likes like Michael Gomez, John Murray, who have... Um, Michael Broder being involved in big fights in this uh, city. Moving away from Anthony, I know that was the main purpose of this interview, but to stick with the cards tomorrow night, Katie Taylor looking to become a two-weight world champion. I've had the confirmation myself, I know you've said to me previously, but obviously Anthony will be on last. But what are your thoughts on Katie's challenge to become a two-weight world champion? I think that's a fantastic achievement. What she's done up to now is fantastic. Um, everybody wants to see her in the rematch from the fight in New York. Everyone wants to see a fight Serrano, um, but this is an opportunity for her to become a two-weight world champion. She hasn't got to travel to America for it. And if she does that, there's another box ticked. And then also at that weight division, it opens up the doors for a rematch of her and Jessica McCaskill as well. Um, so that type of fight, both of them as world champions is a unification. Um, there's the rematch as well. So. No, it's a, it's a good fight for Katie and a, a bit closer to home for uh, everyone from Ireland coming over. They haven't got to travel as far as to New York or um, America. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a good opportunity for her and I'm sure it's a fight she's going to want to win. I think she's learned after a performance last time out looking from the outside how quickly boxing fans and people in the boxing world can turn on you and the criticism she received... Um, people not thinking she won the fight I'm sure she's got to come here now and try and make a statement Terry Harper also on the card facing Vivian Obernorth somebody who you'll know well from the Tasha Jonas fight how do you kind of see that one playing out? 
Yeah, I think Terry Harper, she's a, she's a young girl, she's learning all the time. Good test fight for her. I think she's on a good run of form. I think stylistically-wise, her style, um, very much a bit like Chantelle Cameron, busy, upright, orthodox, long, long arrows. Um, she keeps it at long range with Vivian. I think she'll... Uh, She'll get the points win. Maybe maybe a stoppage there. Vivian is buoyed with a win over Natasha. She's a tough cookie and you've got to have some pop in a shop to derail her. So um yeah, hopefully it's it's the right fight at the right time. And if she gets the win, fair play to her. Um I can see her winning that on points. And Felix Cash, Jack Cullen, Jack Cullen from Bolton, where your gym set up. What are your thoughts again on that one? Jack Cullen, a very awkward opponent at that weight because of his height and reach. Yeah, no, I've known Jack for years. I've known Felix Cash for a long time. Um, that's an interesting fight. I think that is the fight on the card. You seen at the press the other day, I was sat beside Felix. I felt like just got me popcorn and <laughs> listening to the back and forth between the pair of them. But Felix, he's, uh, he's had a good win. Um, as you can see, his confidence is good. It's a point to prove. Um, Jack Cullen, good win, good last time out. Um, he's beginning to taste the big stage a little bit, both of them are beginning to taste it for the first time now, both had appearances at Sky, both had good wins and it's a good 50-50 fight, Jack Cullen has the reach but as well as having the reach, Jack Cullen can fight on the inside very well, Felix Cash, an accomplished amateur, he can fight up close, he can punch but he can also box as well, it's interesting the, 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 the styles that each team I've got to implement is Felix Cash got to come out, he's got to try and take it to Jack Cullen, he's got to try and knock him out. Has Jack Cullen got to come out and try and box at range? Has Jack Cullen got to try and get Felix Cash fighting his type of fight? Will Felix Cash go on the back foot? I don't know. I think the tempers in the pair of them will mean that these two sooner or later have got to stand there and have it out and it's got to be a good fight and uh, I can't pick that one. That's a genuine 50-50 fight. Quick stop and start there, Joe. My clock's getting towards half an hour. That don't need to apologise. Always a pleasure to talk. A um, few things away from this card, I just want to quickly touch on as well before I do let you shoot off and enjoy the rest of your evening. Last night, Tyson Fury made a successful WWE debut. Your thoughts on Tyson? I did. I picked it yesterday. I did say in an interview somewhere, Tyson will win tonight. Um, I don't know. I just thought, if you've got a market Tyson Fury, what better way to win? then do a rematch and then be involved and the crossover is standing in the past some have gone in there and they've lost but it was great it's Tyson isn't it it's pantomime obviously you've seen him here all do the Batman I think it's great but from what I've heard today now I don't you have to get me wrong they're, they're, they've not allowed WWE leave Saudi Arabia now have they what as in everybody who's associated yeah. with WWE who went out for the fight that's the first I've heard I haven't seen anything there oh that's what I've heard today because girls took part in an undercard event that's what I got told today, so I'm like, wow. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I've not checked, but yeah. someone said that to me today. I don't know how true it is. So um, I do know because of the matchroom show coming up and that the people are going out there. Listen, you've got to un understand as well, you've got to respect Calm Smith went over there and fought George Groves. And I don't think George Groves' wife went, I know Calm Smith's girlfriend didn't go, I don't think, but the sister did. You've got to be respectful when you're in somebody else's country and if that's the laws of the land, you have to be abide by it. You can't walk and come in there and ride roughshed. You've got to be polite and courteous. And we had an amazing experience over there. They treated us like Callum Smith, like royalty over there. And um, like I say, if, if you abide by it, there's no problems. But if, you, if, you, if, if they think that they're going to go over there and they, they can do this or they can drink or they can hold hands or 
go like going to Starbucks for example the left hand side is male the right hand side is females and family to understand of wife and children you have to respect that that's their culture so if you go and do that you'll have a great time and a fantastic time but if you try and not do that then you're asking for for it it's just just polite it's just manners as the saying goes when in Rome do as I say do you understand so um, yeah it'd be interesting to see that now I've not checked social media but that's what I got told today so um that could be the sour note on it, but I think for Tyson Fury, I think it was a great move on him. And uh, yeah, who's to know what next? He could be in the cage next against whoever. Do you know what I mean? WWE next for him. That's what I was about to say. You know, after, well, not after, but before the fight, he said that he was willing to go into MMA. He spoke to Conor McGregor about possibly training him for an MMA bout. Again, your thoughts if Tyson was to decide to go down into another sport? Oh, yeah, I, I think. Don't know whether he'd be good at the kicking. <laughs> he's good at the moving with the feet, um, but Tyson's a striker, and uh, I don't think he's a grappler. But like I say, he might like that pushing and pulling and grappling, and and that's ticking his box. And do you know the big thing about this, Andy? The big thing about this, he's enjoying himself. What a different person he is from where he was years ago. He's enjoying himself. He's relevant in boxing. He's relevant on the world stage. He's enjoying WWE. All that stuff is in a happy place, and. That's a great place, first and foremost, to see Tyson Fury, everything he's gone through, to see him a happy man and enjoying himself and enjoying life. Moving away from Tyson, this coming weekend, I know I've had a prediction off you previously, but I'll ask you again, Canelo Kovalev, any change in opinion as to how you kind of see that fight playing out? Do, do you know what, I keep changing my mind, because after the yard day fight, everyone goes Canelo. But you've got to remember, this is the same Canelo that struggled at lower weight, do you understand? One points. Um, Lara, Trout. I mean, you just think Kovalev is big. And the problems with Andre Ward, dropped Andre Ward. Kovalev can punch. The thing that sways it to me that they've sparred in the past. And Canelo, years ago, wouldn't take a risk if he didn't think he had it in him. And it's very quick to go, we'll fight Kovalev, we'll fight Kovalev. Maybe Kovalev took Anthony Yarde right. And most fought, the kid's not fought no one. But now he's had them 12 rounds and he's going straight into another camp. He's on it and he's got the fear factor. So we may see the best Kovalev as the beam. Kovalev has to win by knockout. There's not a cat and else chance he's getting any decision in Vegas. I'd be surprised if he did. But you'd expect where it is, what it means to Canelo to, to win on points. I wouldn't be surprised if Kovalev, it's hard because we're not seeing him hurt, but Kovalev can punch, he may have moments in the fight, just like Price had last week, I wouldn't be surprised if he wobbled Canelo in the fight. I've seen some rumours and some stuff over social media where Canelo's kind of maybe suggested he'd be willing to move up to Cruiserweight, your thoughts if Canelo was to ever move up to Cruiser, do you think he has it in him to be able to compete at the world level up there? Yeah, well, listen, he could do cruiserweight and I'm sure they'd get him a cruiserweight that he could fight, someone that he knows that he can beat, because at the end of the day, as Floyd show, skills win fights, not 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 weights or fat or anything else. Skill wins fights, so, um, yeah, I'm sure there's cruiserweights out there that he could fight, that'd be good fights for him, I'm sure him saying that, they've looked at one or two of them. Um, everyone would queue up to fight Canelo, wouldn't they? But to... Very much like Sugar Ray Leonard moved up to fight Danny Lalonde that time. There's the right kid for the right job, and I'm sure they'd look in and uh, I'm sure they'd get somebody. And I'm sure 
you most probably wouldn't pull his face out of catchweight neither way, but there'll be cruiserweights out there. Cruiserweight, you could fight another light heavyweight and they both move up to cruiserweight, so, so they'll both be small cruiserweights. Just sticking with Vegas, as you mentioned, you know, Canelo's fighting there. Reportedly, I don't know, what, you know, I haven't seen anything official announced yet, but reportedly Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. didn't answer the door to some Vada testers. That's going around now, and he's apparently had his Nevada State license revoked in preparations for his bout with Danny Jacobs. Your thoughts on that, if it ends up being true? Yeah, I think that the thing was with um, Chavez uh, Jr., I don't know whether him and Daniel Jacobs had signed up to VADA testing, so that's one thing. So when someone's coming knocking on your door and going testing, testing, I can imagine how paranoid Chavez Jr. is. He's like, no chance, who are you, who are you, who are you? I've not agreed to it, not being informed, not being told. And as well as report, I'm, I'm not doing that, don't know who you are, not anything else. And in Vegas, like with Mayweather, they don't do VADA, they have their own, I think it's athletic state type of testing over there so he's most probably thinking that's the type of testing he's doing with them and Vada's turned up and he's roughly going I don't know who you are I've not signed up to that programme why are you coming testing me so I think there may be a bit of a cross wires going on there um, whether Daniel Jacobs has had testing that'll most probably reveal an awful lot more if Jacobs has then that'll clear it up that they have signed up for it if he hasn't then it's like well for whatever reason but uh I know there's a, a hearing on the 20th of November or something like that now. Yeah, so um, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm, I'm sure I'm not trying to give him the out or whatever else, but I'm just trying to think he's mostly thinking, what's that all about? I mean, I'm not signed up to it. I'm sure if he was and he was aware of it and it was due, he'd have that. And if it was and he's refused it, then I think he's half uh, shot himself in the foot then, haven't he? Just to move away from Chavez Jr., Jerome Miller is apparently going to be signing with top rank your thoughts on Gerald and if that opportunity comes about and that Joe it's Joe it was one fighter once that got caught with something and it was bought over a counter it was this it was that slap of the wrist let him off it's becoming near enough a story every week and it absolutely infuriates me that I've said all along, if promoters didn't promote them, managers didn't manage them and trainers didn't train them, we'd clear the sport of them. But when TV networks and promoters keep giving them airtime, licence, everything else to carry on, not just once, twice, not one substance, but two, three substances, why you're asking for boxing to have that black eye? When Patrick Day, God bless his soul, had that incident, I prayed straight away, I hope the opponent was clean because I think that's happening not long around the corner. It was a horrible thing to say, do you understand? But there's too much of it going on in British boxing now and we used to be always calling people in America. But if you look at it, how many instances is going on in the UK now? It's a joke. I think in the space of a few years, and I'm not calling people out, but you go Kid Galahad with his singer, Dylan White now, Billy Joe Saunders. Can you name me anymore? But there's, there's two or three just at the top of my head. I'm sure there's more that we don't know about at the moment. But it's like, okay, come on now. What, at what point do are we got to crack down now and, and stop it? Because for them three, there'll be a four, a five, a six, and a seven. And it's like someone said, I don't know if it was Andre Ward. Well, if you're if everyone if people are on it, let's just clear it off and let everybody be on it so I make it a level playing field. But 
that's wrong. And from someone that loves the sport so much, I, I, I hate that. And it worries me that one day we're going to be in a position that maybe we may have to fight somebody in a test that's passed, tested or failed something. And it's like, I have a huge decision to make. Do I allow us to take that chance to do that? Do you know what I mean? It's going against an opponent that's tested previously positive. You shouldn't be forced into that position and ask your, your fighter to go in in them surrounds. Do you know what I mean? My final things I want is to touch on. You mentioned him earlier, Scott Quigg. He's been announced to face John O'Carroll on the Anthony Joshua undercard, along with Filip Hergovic versus Eric Molina and Michael Hunter versus Alexander Povetkin. Just working through those fights, Joe, starting off with Scott Quigg versus John O'Carroll. Your thoughts on that? That's a great fight. That's a really good fight. I was out there in Mexico, John O'Carroll fought, um, liked him. I thought a bit tricky early on, found to get to grips with his opponent, but once he got into a rhythm, everything else. I think the key to that fight is activity. Scott Quigg hasn't been that active. Obviously, the Valdez fight, the shoulder injury. John O'Carroll's had a, a couple of fights, world title eliminators, European world title challenge. He's come back. I think the activity could play a key there down the straight. Interesting fight. Scott Quigg carries the power. John O'Carroll carries the, the tenacity, um, the resilience. That's a great fight, a, a very good fight, one I'm looking forward to watching. Hunter Povetkin. I like Hunter, really like Hunter. I think he's a really good fighter. I've commentated on a few of his fights now and uh, um, him and Usyk was a very good fight. Um, Usyk couldn't get him out there at the end. But Hunter, his confidence, he's come from good stock and uh, no, that's a good fight. I, I, I think Hunter's going to be too elusive, too quick and I think he's um, Povetkin's tailor-made for him. Finally, Filip Hergovic versus Eric Molina. I think I must go with Hergovic on that. I think he's uh, the fresher, um, more desire, and he's on the ascendancy. And I can see once he starts landing them big shots, I think that'll be it. Well, Joe, before I do let you shoot off, final word with yourself, what would you like to say ahead of the last dance tomorrow night? Um, tomorrow, Saturday, get Whitney Houston on, bit of million dollar bill, get in the mood, turn up, enjoy the atmosphere because I think it's got to be a long time we have somebody from Manchester headlining at that Manchester arena and not a lot of people are, are, are aware Anthony Crawler's the only one from Manchester to win a world title at that arena, defend it at that arena and uh, we've had some great nights and let's just all go out and celebrate, get behind him when it's going quiet in there, roar him on, it'll be a tough fight tomorrow night and uh, enjoy that uh, last dance tomorrow night and just be able to say that you were there on, the, on that Last, last dance Joe Gallagher as always it's been a pleasure it's always been a long one as yeah, well always no, as well but <laughs> tomorrow nothing from me from tomorrow now you say that now but we'll have another hour after the fight <laughs> I won't be able to stop crying that's the problem tomorrow night I'm right old ass soppy get like that Joe Gallagher as always it's been a pleasure thanks for speaking to myself and Boxing Social yeah no problem Andy thanks for coming up 